Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, an evolved perspective on life with dogs. Well, it's all Welcome to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You're listening to Alternative Talk, AM 1150. And uh, doing a fun show today, we're uh, talking with Dr. Nels Rasmussen, who is in the booth with us today, and we're doing a Facebook live stream through his page, which is, tell us what that is. That page is Healing Ministry for Animals. All right. And it's easy to find if you just put in a search box, at Dr. Nels, D-R-N-E-L-S, 79. Say that last part again. At Dr. Nels, 79. 79. Okay. So um, so we're having a little video element to this radio show, which I believe is a bit of a first uh, in this format anyway. And so Dr. Nels has been on the show um, a number of times over the years, and he helps uh, tune up our dachshund and other dogs. We have a couple other dogs in the booth with us, but they're too big to put on the counter. Um, Leia is a dachshund. She's uh, 13 years old and uh, as a long-backed dog especially is vulnerable to getting kind of tweaked, right? I mean, as a breed, they're even um, prone to uh, disc disease and and more severe issues. Right. You know, probably of the dogs that I see, dachshunds are right up in the top two or three for having back problems. Corgis, probably another one. Corgis yeah. yep, also have back problems. Yeah. Uh, and it's and common for other dogs, not just the, the super long-backed right, ones right. to have you a know, tight I've, back. I've actually seen quite a few German Shepherds with back and hip problems that mm-hmm. respond well to this work, Yeah, I do. Yeah. So you'll see that he's got his uh, fingertips on Leia while Leia is laying here relaxing. She's she's no stranger to this this work. And when the first time you treated her, she had she stopped going upstairs. Right. And this was a few years ago, and um, it was right around the time I think that I was introduced to you. And I don't remember how that was. Do you? I uh, don't no. really Doesn't know. Matter. No. Doesn't matter. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so we were able to get her in to see you, and I think that was maybe the first. I think that was the first time you were on the show. Yes. And um, and I thought, okay, well, you know, I kind of noticed like this hunch in her back, and and I noticed that relaxed pretty much immediately. But then I thought the real test will be when we get her home, and see if she's able to go up the stairs like she had been before something went out. And sure enough, brought her home, and she just broop, right up the stairs. And since then, have uh, had you kind of tune her up. We try to do it preventatively now, um, you know, before anything actually seems like it's really wrong. Because she's, like I said, she's 13 years old and, uh, you know, is vulnerable for right, that. Right, right. And then we have our other, two two of our other dogs here in the booth. And my mom is here, too, helping uh Helping manage the dogs, wrangle the dogs. Uh, we have Lois, who's our old dog haven, final refuge dog, and then Telly, who is our um, older female cattle dog. And she's here for a little tune-up. We think she might be in a little bit of pain. That's why she's uh, here. Okay. So we'll All see. right, good. We'll see what we find. So um, you see he's got his, his fingers on two points, neck and then somewhere along the back. And um, it always amazes me. 
Um, now, would you say that you're working with the muscles? Well, what's uh, there's so much going on at so many levels. <laughs> the muscles are definitely involved. <laughs> she wants to see what's going on down there. If she's, <laughs> she may not be getting enough love up here. <laughs> <laughs> That's her Grammy down there. That's where she knows where it's yeah. at. Yeah. So uh, anyway, yeah, we're definitely working with muscles, but what it's really about is the brain and spinal cord. Mm. And what we're helping do is helping the brain and spinal cord to essentially unlearn some responses that have been made due to various stresses, could be physical or emotional or chemical stresses that the body has been adapting to. Mm-hmm. So, so what we're doing with the light touch in the right places is informing the brain and spinal cord it doesn't need to respond that way anymore so things can balance out. Essentially, if there's a, for example, we talk about disc problems. Mm-hmm. If there is a bulging disc, the bulging disc happens because if you were to take a couple of just ordinary dinner plates and put a soft ball between them and then squeeze equally on both sides of the dinner plates to squeeze them together, you'd have a squashed thing that's kind of like a disc. Okay. Yeah. And then if you were to squeeze one side unevenly, that disc would bulge the other way. And it's Mm. the uneven squeezing that's really the problem why discs bulge in the first place. And so what we're doing is we're retraining the brain and spinal cord to send different signals to the muscles. That balances the tension across the the vertebra. And just like that plate, it goes back to being, not, instead of squeezed on one side, equally squeezed on both. So it's the muscles that cause the uneven squeezing that would then cause a disc to bulge. Right. Or, right. Yeah. yeah. And, and that happens because of some response the body has made causing the muscles to do that. And it's... It's basically, it's like a little program in the brain and spinal cord that, that are permanently telling the muscles to be that way mm-hmm. until something comes along and re-educates them. Mm-hmm. Relax. Yep, you, relax. You can relax, <laughs> just, just fundamentally. So I talk a lot, of, I've focused on posture a lot personally, you know, in my own um, own work as a, as a human being on this planet, kind of trying to get myself to uh, clear any um, held emotion from my past. I've done a ton of body work, um, acupuncture, which I'm engaged in right now, which has been really great. Um, and I'm really, and then also in coaching people how to communicate with their dogs. And with my work with dog training and behavior, it's, um, you know, dogs are nonverbal. I've talked about this a ton over the years. Um, so, their language is sort of everything but the words, really what matters to them. And a lot of that is with our bodies, you know, body language, literally. So working on, you know, posture, if you're teaching a dog um, how, you know, to wait at a doorway to not come forward, there's a certain way that you would hold yourself that sort of communicates that with your body. And it's kind of interesting because people tend to do the opposite. They sort of bend over and curl in, which means sort of come into me, you know? Yeah. Um, but I know from my own experience, it's not something to take for granted to to tell somebody, change, you know, change your posture, because there is a lot there. Oh, she just laid down. I heard her go, ah. Yeah. And then yeah. she laid down. So she's getting. She's getting the relaxation response. Oh, and then she just yawned. Yeah. Big yawn. That's always good. That's a sign that the autonomic nerve system is letting go of those past programs. Yeah. 
So it's interesting, like, because you are, um, you know, you do, are you working exclusively with animals or also with humans still? Uh, I do work with humans primarily in the context of what will help their animals because a lot of people's stuff, you know, baggage is sort of getting heaped on their animals. So, yeah, that's the context that I work with people in mostly now. Cool. So what's your perspective on, like, posture and humans and... um, and and all the different factors from your perspective, if it's, you know, emotional or environmental or whatever, and, and sort of what impacts posture and, and gets us. I mean, I'm like the cell phone thing for me is something I'm correcting all the time because I'm like, I just catch myself like. Oh, you know, yeah. Hunched over your phone. Huh? Yeah. And I'm like, gosh, no wonder why I'm having all of this, you know, tightness here and my shoulders. And then it's then I'm like adjust that and then I notice I've got to adjust my hips because everything's connected, right? Yep. So what do you think about you know, posture as a phenomenon? Right. Well, uh, to me, posture is more of an indicator. It's it's just like so many other things that we experience with our health. It's an effect of something else Mm -hmm. and the effect is, you could call it the lifetime of stress (laughs) that we've had and Many times people who've had lots of emotional stress in their life, you can just see it in their posture, you know, how they carry themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a book, you know. You can just say, oh, this person's endured a whole lot of something. Yeah. And and what's really interesting is in doing this work, which when I do with people, a lot of it is related to emotions and uh, clearing out those stored emotional responses. When those get cleared out, people's posture changes. and. And how that manifests in their body is awfully interesting because they, they'll call me up the next day and say, I can't believe how much I hurt. And all you did was, you know, touch me lightly on my head and had me look up to the left and think a thought and hold my breath. Mm-hmm. And now I'm sore all over, you know. Mm-hmm. So they're figuring that was a good thing. And I say, yeah, your posture is changing because you let go of all that stuff that was holding you into that posture. And what's tricky that I've noticed is that when, when you bring that awareness... And then, you know, I'm, I'm right now really focused on bringing my chin in and, you know, not doing that and shoulders back and, you know, and then I want to take a really deep breath and then I'll tilt my hips forward and like all this kind of stuff that I'm really working on. I'm really then aware of those muscles that aren't used to where it's like now and then my lower back is like, well, wait a minute, we're not we're not used to being that long or. So you you feel the other areas of the body that are like, oh, this is not how we're used to holding things, you know? Right, right. And then just keeping stretching and um, acup- I love acupuncture, body work, anything, really. Yeah. Well, that's the, the beauty of getting things done that help to unblock your system and, and release old baggage is that those, that's the reason your body can straighten up. And then if you pay attention to your posture for a while, you can adopt a new habit. Yeah. So how do you think dogs, how do you think that phenomenon is similar or different with dogs? I mean, I think we we hold emotion in our bodies um, consciously and especially unconsciously. And we've talked a bit about over the past kind of consistently about how dogs sort of take on our stress. Yes. Or, so what's kind of, how is it different for dogs versus us with like how they're impacted 
posture-wise, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, as you noticed with Leah, when, the first time we worked on her, she was all hunched up and then that flattened out. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a postural response to whatever stresses that she had accumulated that, you know, then we got rid of those stresses, her body started responding normally, and the posture changed. Mm-hmm. So, but that's, in her case, it it was probably mostly uh, physical mm-hmm. and not so much in the emotional realm, but I've had dogs that were uh, paralyzed. They had no history of trauma, but they had the stress in the family, like, for example, a family that lost their home. Mm. And, uh, uh, you know, it was, a, it was a family with kids and, and the dog, I, to my mind, emotionally collapsed under the weight of that burden that everybody was bearing, you know, f- their home being foreclosed on. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the kind of thing that can happen. The animal is enduring that sort of stress and trying to carry, you know, what doing their part to protect the family and carry that weight. Yeah. I've been, uh, over the years consistently, this is a lot of what my book is about, sort of the opportunity. My book is almost finished and it'll be out next year. Um, the sort of the opportunity for increasing self-awareness, you know, in working with dogs, learning how to communicate with our dogs, cleaning up relationship dynamics, maybe that could be cleaned up with our dogs, but just learning how to communicate with dogs because they are nonverbal. It really is, uh, you know, getting in your body and being present and slowing down and being mindful of how you move and the quality of energy that you generate and all of those things that dogs, that is literally their language, right? Right. And, um, you know, what you were just talking about is sort of speaking to something that has definitely been said by various people over the years. One of the best ways to take care of your dog is to take care of yourself. Absolutely. I say that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so well, what does that mean? So I think, you know, that when in this conversation we're talking about emotional work, you know, releasing um, negative emotion that's sort of being held in our body from some sort of past experience of, of varying degrees. It doesn't mean that you've necessarily had to have experienced some crazy trauma, um, although a lot of people unfortunately have. Yeah. Um, but what, um, just, so, you it's know, just the, the gradual accumulation of yeah. stress over your lifetime, really, mm-hmm. you know, this, this, this thing that was bothersome for a while and there's this thing and, and, you know, we respond to those, uh, those feelings as well as whatever other physical things are present in the moment. Mm-hmm. So it feels like, um, you know, as far as like conversations about, she done. Yeah, she's done. She's she's happy. So it's it's this is a great way to see the um the change when you have a dog who's sort of you know, not restless necessarily, but just kind of, you know, yeah. up and and like, oh, what's going on down there and yeah. And 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 now she's just like Yeah, uh, she's totally relaxed yeah. and comfortable. She's in her zone. Yeah. And so this is something that sort of continues to work, correct? It's not just yes. like you're done. It's something that kind of the body continues to assimilate. Because we're working with the brain and spinal cord, which learn, what's happening is that learning is actually continuing and the uh, the changes in the body will continue for at least 24 hours. Sometimes goes on for two days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as the brain is continually exchanging information with the body, the feedback that it gets from the body and 
it now knows it doesn't have to have these responses in it, but it still has to kind of manage how it lets those go. So it's a, it's a process over some time now that we've got the underpinnings of that taken care of. Now the body can continue to relax and do the work for a, a period of time yet. And then it seems like it will, over time, sort of like the, this whole idea of tune-ups. Yeah. So it's not just like, okay, well, you know, Right, and that's, that's because everybody, even Leia, <laughs> you know, incurs stress in their life. Mm-hmm. You know, and so as, as the stresses happen uh, and accumulate, uh, then, you know, a tune-up becomes a good thing again. And the older we get, the less adaptive we are to those things. Mm-hmm. So you might say the older we get, the more likely we are to need a little more frequent tune-ups. Right. Well, um, so again, we're um, doing this uh, Facebook Live uh, feed. Right. I don't even know what to call it because I've never done it before. <laughs> we just call it Facebook Live. Facebook Live. <laughs> uh, um, as part of today's live show, so we're on the air right now um, locally here in Western Washington on KKNW AM 1150. Um, now, is this going to be archived for people who right. are podcasting yes. from wherever they're podcasting from? It's it's beautiful in that Facebook treats this just like another video post after it's done. After okay. we close up shop and hit the finish button on there, mm-hmm. then it will post as a video on my Facebook page, Healing Ministry for Animals. Okay. So, um, so Leia's clearly... She is, yeah. She's done. <laughs> <laughs> um and so why don't we take a break and then we'll get you set up on the floor to work with uh, Telly and Lois. And hopefully we can get that video moved down there yeah. as well. Uh, so let's take a quick break from the radio show and we'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. Let me in, so move it on over. Move it on over. Move it on over. Move it on over. Move over, over, little dog, cause the big dog's moving in. Looking for an easy way to give your dog's food a boost in nutrition? Or maybe your dog has a sensitive digestive tract, itchy skin, or is just a picky eater. We've had such great success feeding St. John Creamery raw goat's milk to our pack, and I recommend it to my clients all the time. You can get raw goat's milk for your dog all over the country. But if you live in western Washington, be sure it's St. John Creamery you reach for in the freezer section of your local independent pet supply store. You can also pick up your milk at drop locations around the area. Visit stjohncreamery.com to learn more. That's stjohncreamery.com. Your dogs will love you for it. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to Vicki Draper, the Healing Your Animal expert, we cover the world of animals. This week, November 27th, it's an encore presentation of Animal World. Tune in to hear our last Talk With Your Animals Sunday with gifted animal intuitive, communicator, medium, and Reiki master Darcy Pariso. Hear Darcy help listeners talk with their animal and human loved ones on this side or the other on Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Eric, people ask me to help them with all sorts of doggy challenges. I can only imagine. Oh yeah, dogs jumping on guests, new puppy questions, behavioral challenges like fear and aggression, even dog food sensitivities. You name it and I've probably worked with it. But can you help people even if they don't live in Seattle? 
Absolutely. I've had great success with phone consultations and have even Skyped with people and their dogs from all over the country. Every dog should be approached as a unique individual. I've talked about this over and over again on the show. That's one of the parts of working with dog training and behavior that I love the most. Every client is different. If you're listening and you need help with your dog, just get in touch. I'd love to get you pointed in the right direction and answer all of your questions. Email me, host at dogradioshow.com. That's me, Julie Forbes, host at dogradioshow.com. I look forward to connecting. Wait, dogs can use Skype? We're really living in the future. Hi, I'm Eric Ryder, Operations Manager for Alternative Talk 1150. We value your opinion and invite you to visit 1150kknw.com to fill out the 2016 Alternative Talk listener survey. Your responses help us shape Alternative Talk to your listening needs. And as a bonus, just by filling out the survey, you'll have a chance to win a prize pack featuring certificates from Quinault Beach Resort and Casino at Ocean Shores and the Melting Pot Restaurant. Complete contest details can be found at 1150kknw.com. So log on now. Organic, free range, and fresh daily. Alternative Talk 1150. And now, back to the dog show with Julie Forbes. Remember, pup, before you whine, that side yours and this side mine. So shove it on over. I'm moving on over. Sweeping on over. I'm moving on over. Move over, cold dog, cause the hot dog's moving in. You calling Leia a wiener dog there? <laughs> <laughs> That's for, in reference to my little dachshund who was just in the booth getting worked on by Dr. Nels Rasmussen, tuning up her neck and back and uh, allowing that to relax and it does wonders for her. Um, Dr. Nels, so we are streaming live. It's a Facebook live video now through uh, your Facebook page, Nels Healing Ministry. And what was that? There's an, another name you said. Well, if you want to search for it on uh, Facebook, sometimes it's easier to just put in the search box at Dr. Nell 79 and it pops up Healing Ministry for Animals. Okay. At Dr. Nell's 79. Yep. Okay. And this will be archived. Um, this video also will be archived. So if you want to see us on video during this show, if you're a podcaster listening from wherever, you're listening from, uh, you can just go to his Facebook page and I'll also, so I assume this is something that I can share as well. Yes, exactly right. So I'll post it on, of course, our uh, Facebook page as well, which is The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. So Dr. Nels now is um, on the video working with Lois, who is our old dog Haven uh, final refuge dog, which means that she is with us until she's no longer on the planet um, in that body. And, um, so I'm curious to hear your thoughts about this because she had a seizure. Um, how long ago was it? A week, maybe a week and a half ago. It's hard to hard yeah. to know any anything <laughs> these days, uh, as far as time goes. Um, so um, she'd never had one before that we knew of, and um, she came out of it and was seemed really kind of fine afterwards. Um, and hasn't had another one since then. But uh, from your perspective, what are... I know seizures yeah. can kind of be caused by anything, really, right? There's, right? right. There's lots of possibilities. Um, you know, some could be chemical things and, and physical things. What I've observed is uh, sort of, 
I guess you could say just empirically working with people and animals is that when their nerve systems are balanced and in a harmonious state, even somebody who's been prone to having lots of seizures will have far fewer seizures. I work with some disabled boys pretty regularly, and they uh, one in particular would have many seizures a day before I started working with them. And now uh, if I see him once a week, he almost never has a seizure. Yeah, so it's it's quite a difference, and and uh, he's been taking off most of his medications for that. Mm-hmm. So it makes a big difference to have the nerve system uh, free of interference. Essentially, a seizure is like an electrical storm in the brain. Mm. And so why would that happen? Well, if there's a lot of interesting or you might say weird feedback coming from the body due to accumulated stresses, it could result in uh, enough stress in the in the brain that that uh, unusual electrical activity gets propagating across the brain and results in a seizure. Mm-hmm. All right, we're getting some good things happening here with Lois. Good. Feel well, good relaxation responses. So what are you finding? Well, as usual, there's, there's a place in the neck that yeah. is a little extra tense and a few down lower in the body. And uh, I noticed when she was walking, she was kind of wobbly in the back end. Yeah, sometimes her hind legs just go out on. She'll just be, her her back end is definitely getting progressively weaker as she continues to age. Right. Yeah. Usually when I work with an older dog uh, and they're having that problem, they get a lot more uh, strength and coordination in their hind end again when I'm done. Mm -hmm. Unless they're very near the end and their system just doesn't, you know, respond Mm -hmm. the way it did. But Mm -hmm. I've recently took care of a, a little Jack Russell that was really weak and wobbly in his back end, and I put that video on my Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Lois is saying, hey, but there's something going on over across the room there. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's getting love over there, and I'm not. Yeah, well, you're, you're getting it right that's here. That's Grammy. <laughs> they all love their Grammy. Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, it took a couple months with him, but we got him to where he was trotting around like a little puppy, and you know, it was an amazing transformation considering he was 15 years old. Yeah. Well, I'll be curious to see if uh, if she, I'll come over here and... She's trying to get closer over there. So here we go. Hi, Lolo. Good girl. Yeah. She is. And we've worked with her before. I think this would be like her third or fourth time since I've seen her. I think it's less than, I think it's second, maybe third. I think it's third. Okay. I think I, I saw her, well, I saw her once here. Yes. And I did see her once at your house. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. You're right then. It's probably so I know three. that at least this will be number three. Oh, Leetie. So we adopted her from Old Dog Haven, which is a, uh, well, she's a final refuge dog. It's technically we haven't adopted her, but it's an incredible organization, and I'm just so impressed by how well they are, they are run. Yeah. And they get old dogs out of shelters and into loving homes um, no matter how long they have left. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Old Dog Haven is able to um, pay for the medical expenses of the dog um, and so the, these foster families, it's a network of foster uh, foster homes all over the region who um, just need to provide um, the attention and time and care and not necessarily be able to uh, f- take on the financial aspect of, of right. adopting an older dog because um, just like with people, they, they, there tends to be more med- medical expenses as we age, right? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. And, yeah, I've worked with uh, with Old Dog Haven for a lot of years, off and on, and yeah. and uh, great people. And they have me out to work on 
dogs that are either ones that they're keeping there or, yeah. you know, ones that are moving through the system. Yeah, well, there she goes. Just laid down. She sort of was a, a shifting and adjusting as you've been working on her. Yeah, we're getting near the end of her treatment here. I can Good. feel a little more relaxation needed in the neck, but it's working. Good. And then we'll have you work with Telly. I'll be curious to hear what you find. She's, uh, she's a little uh, Australian cattle dog. She's definitely very compact and solid. And uh, she is about 10 years old now, I think. Oh. Telly is. So yeah. we think she's maybe got a little bit, little bit of pain going on there. Little head points, too. Yeah. yeah this, uh, is, this is what I call the good dog points. Uh-huh. It's, I'm just reminding them, it, mentally, I'm reminding them that they're a good dog. It looks like it would feel good. Every dog wants to know they're a good dog. Yeah, she's a good girl. It's just been amazing seeing her um, adapt to our home and all of our dogs. All right, she's good done. Lolo, good girl. Yeah, how about that? All right, so let's bring Telly over and see if we can get Lois. Telly, come on over, Telly. See if come we can on get down. Lois up. Can we get up, Lois? So Lois doesn't want to move. Here we go. There we go. Good girl. All right, Telly. So here's our blue healer. Okay, this is great. And I don't know if you've worked Telly before. I don't recall mm-hmm. that I have. All right, Telly, you sit. Do you know that word? <laughs> yeah, she knows it. Whether she'll do it for you is another thing. Well... Girl. She doesn't have to do it. Yeah, she might on her own as she relaxes. Right, exactly. That's usually what happens. So this month is uh, National Hospice Month. And we um, did a really great show last week with uh, a palliative care nurse, human palliative care nurse. There she goes. Yeah. And um, a another nurse who, who works with Providence Hospice and um, talked about therapy hospice therapy dogs. And, oh, yeah. um, yeah, which is a first for the show. We've had lots of different, um, therapy dog topics in different settings, uh, um, animal assisted crisis response, therapy dogs in, in various settings, um, courthouse dogs would be one of them. Uh, and then, but this was the first one in a hospice setting and, uh, it was a really great show. And once, um, you're done with, with us today, yeah. Um, we're going to be talking with uh, the human half of the team, um, and the dog half of it is JJ Hospice Therapy Dog. And oh. he's the dog who um, I shared this video on our Facebook page last week, and I'll post it again. It's a really just incredible video of this golden retriever on a bed and a very, very old hand, just sort of, be you know kind of held out there but not really doing much and the dog is just um like putting his head underneath the hand and almost um doing the work so that the hand was experiencing petting him oh um it's really it's an incredible video i think it's you know gone viral and yeah. um and i can see why and so as sort of a follow up from last week's show it just felt so like <laughs> jelly's <laughs> Telly just uh, rolled over yeah. for you and licked your hand. She did. Now she's now you've got her belly, so she's totally <laughs> surrendered. I remember when Molly did that. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and Molly, oh my gosh, she's still uh, <laughs> s- 
still still, still going, kicking? still All trucking. Right, yeah. yeah, I've heard from. Uh, they they moved down to Southern California. Y- yeah, so, yeah. I heard that they moved. Yeah, Amalia's a giant schnauzer, and she would just like totally roll over for Doctor Nels, <laughs> and she's like a very uh, sort of dominant, super high energy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. She was like, oh, this feels good. And she would tell me when she was done, she'd let out a bark that about knocked me down. <laughs> <laughs> now you're done. Yeah. You're dismissed. <laughs> exactly. Um, so what are you feeling? Oh, so I, yeah. anyway, to finish my thought. Um, so in the second part of the show, we're going to be talking with um, about JJ's work with JJ's human human part of the team. And, and uh, as a follow-up from last week's show, I just felt so, I mean, that was just such a heartwarming show. And that felt so good and it's still November so as a follow up to that we're going to be talking with uh, JJ the hospice therapy dog team um, about his work and I'm really curious to hear some stories from them about you know it's really interesting how dogs um, pick up on you know certain dogs are sort of sensitive to different environments it's not work that every dog would be cut out for in the same way that hospice work would not be work that every human would be cut out for right right um but it's really interesting uh really interesting to to mm, like witness when the dogs kind of know what they're doing yeah yeah oh you know and and animals almost any animal that's you know that's I'm not sure what the word is, but well, just as an example, I had a a friend who was passing away and he was in a lot of pain. He had a spinal tumor Mm. and uh, so he was in hospice and we brought over uh, a box of little chicks because we were going to raise some chickens. Mm -hmm. So he brought over a box of little chicks Mm -hmm. and we were handing them out to all the people who were there Mm -hmm. and they're all cuddling with these little chicks and we put one in his hands and you can just see this wave of relaxation Mm. go over him. To be able to touch that little chick. Like oh that. yeah, baby chicks are like magic. We have we uh, got several of them this past spring and raised them into our our now chickens who are laying eggs, and uh, they're pretty cute. Yeah, Telly, you're just kind of a ball of fire down here. Yeah, there's, yeah. there you go. <laughs> there's Telly for you. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to um, we're going to take a quick break and Dr. Nels will finish up here with Telly. And when we come back, I'll be talking more about therapy dogs in a hospice setting with JJ, the hospice therapy dog and his human partner. Uh, we'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to the dog show. Oh, hang on a sec. Um, ah, just kidding, Eric. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, thank you for being here today, Dr. Nels. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is great fun. Oh, and if anybody wants to learn more about what I do, otherwise, yeah. they can go to uh, www.healingministryforanimals.com. Awesome. And then be sure to check out the Facebook uh, Facebook Live video of this interview as well. I'll be posting it on our Facebook page, The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You can also find it on Dr. Nell's Facebook page as well. Healing Ministry for Animals yep. is the Facebook name. That's right. Okay. Well, thanks so much. We'll be back in just a few minutes talking more about therapy dogs in a hospice setting. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. I know I'm I'll take a dog's life Just laying in the sun I'll take a dog's life Cause I don't care for this one 
This is Julie Forbes. I'm excited to tell you about Farm Dog Naturals, a company that handcrafts herbal remedies for the all-natural dog. Quality and integrity are must-haves for anything that I recommend. Certified eco-friendly and cruelty-free, their products address issues like stress and anxiety, itching, hot spots, crusty noses, as well as pet urine, stains, and odor. Farm Dog Naturals is guaranteed, and I'm so happy with the results I'm seeing. Shipping is available worldwide from their website, farmdognaturals.com, or you can ask for them at a retailer near you. Again, that's farmdognaturals.com. Eric, people ask me to help them with all sorts of doggy challenges. I can only imagine. Oh yeah, dogs jumping on guests, new puppy questions, behavioral challenges like fear and aggression, even dog food sensitivities. You name it, and I've probably worked with it. But can you help people even if they don't live in Seattle? Absolutely. I've had great success with phone consultations and have even Skyped with people and their dogs from all over the country. Every dog should be approached as a unique individual. I've talked about this over and over again on the show. That's one of the parts of working with dog training and behavior that I love the most. Every client is different. If you're listening and you need help with your dog, just get in touch. I'd love to get you pointed in the right direction and answer all of your questions. Email me, host at dogradioshow.com. That's me, Julie Forbes, host at dogradioshow.com. I look forward to connecting. Wait, dogs can use Skype? We're really living in the future. (laughs) On the path to good health and well-being, Alternative Talk 1150 is the station for you. You're listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, an evolved perspective on life with dogs. I'll take a dog's life, just laying in the sun. I'll take a dog's life. Welcome back to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. And we're back with uh, Tracy Calhoun, who's the human half of the JJ hospice therapy dog team. Tracy, welcome to the show. Thank you. So I was um, sent the video of JJ just working his... JJ's male, correct? Actually, it's a girl. She's (gasps) a girl. Oh, she's a girl. (gasps) It's okay. I get that all the time. My uh, my, uh, yellow lab's name is JJ, and he's a boy. So there you go. Does JJ stand for anything? Like, is it short? Uh, Like a... just short for a nephew's name, and I okay. for family harmony. We had to name a puppy after him. Oh, got it. Come up. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's a girl. She's okay. a girl. Excuse me. So mm-hmm. she um, was, and how old is she now? She just turned six. Okay, and she is just really working her magic with a um, an individual who appears to be close to end of life, given that. Yeah. She's a hospice therapy dog. A very old, old sort of frail hand that's just sort of reached out. Um, and she is just placing her head underneath the hand, basically petting, petting, doing the petting work for the hand. And, the, right. and, and, uh, and so how do you, so are you a, a hospice nurse and that's mm-hmm. how you got, you know, so tell us a little bit about, about you guys. So I'm a hospice nurse, have been at it for 23 years, mm. and started actually up in Kirkland. Okay. Um, and have been in therapy dogs since the mid-90s. I happened to work at a place here down in Oregon where we, until four years ago, only saw patients in their homes. And I had a, a 
therapy dog at the time who would actually go out into certain homes with me. Um, she was part of our team. And then four years ago, we opened our inpatient hospice uh, house. And JJ was one and a half at the time and already certified. She certified at a year old when we first passed our, our very first therapy dog test. And she actually has been going to work with me, working 12-hour stuff uh, since then. Mm-hmm. It's her second home. It's unique in that we aren't doing volunteer therapy dog visits like we would say at assisted living or some of the hospitals on our off time. So our company actually, um, you know, they know that she's there and it's under her liability. People get that mixed up a lot because she has so many roles. Mm-hmm. But she spends um, the entire time there. Of course, she's the only staff member who gets to sleep as much as she wants, <laughs> mooch as much as she wants. Right. Um, yeah. So did you get her as a puppy? Yes, actually. Okay. I, I caught her. I have her mom. Okay, got it. Yeah. Um, and so were you selecting, um, you know, looking for a, a puppy specifically for this work with this intention? Right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. What has it... Um, what do you notice about her and her awareness of what she's doing? Like, it's not it's not just like, oh, that's that's just a dog who right. just loves to be petted. And so right. they just want to be petted and want to feel that. And versus like she knows what she's doing. Yeah. So she definitely knows what she's doing. And it's been a process of watching. She's my fourth therapy dog that I've had and definitely the most intuitive. Um, she actually is off-leash at our facility and will make rounds on her own. Once I've told her it's okay to go into a new person's room, uh, she'll spend time with families and patients if they're awake. Uh, very often, what I, the, the feedback I get from people is she knows that I needed her at this very moment. And she does the same with the, our hospice staff. All of our outpatient staff are, are housed in the building, and she will seek people out when she's kind of ignored them for a while at a time when when they just really are needing some extra comfort mm-hmm. and I hear that just all the time mm. yeah has is that now have you um witnessed her sort of develop like a level of mastery of what she does kind of like how anybody who you know I mean if you think back on like your um how you did your job 20 years ago versus now, right? And, like, how much I'm sure you've learned. I know for me, I've been working with dog training and behavior for pet dogs for a little over 15 years, and and it's, like, I I, I feel, like, unrecognizable almost for me internally um, from myself. I mean, I've just learned so much, so much. I'm so much better at what I do now than I was, which is kind of stating the obvious, but, like, so how have you noticed her over the years? Like, has she adjusted her, you know, or she sort of refined she her has, craft? Mm-hmm. She absolutely has. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we first started, she was only a year and a half, so she was still puppy, mm-hmm. a bit of a puppy, um, needed more guidance just in what we were doing in our interactions. Um, and she's grown into what she does so naturally. Mm-hmm. She has what we call, you know, in the dog world, a really nice off switch. Mm-hmm. So when she's at work, she's calm, just 
very laid back the majority of the time, unless my husband walks in the building. <laughs> and yet at home, you know, people can't believe when they interact with her at the hospice house how calm and quiet she is. And yet at home, she's very active and a little crazy at times. Hmm. So she has a very different, the moment she walks in that door, she's a different, she's got her work, her work clothes on. Right. And it seems like that would be a really good indicator or supporting the thought that she, yes, she does know exactly what what she's doing and what her role is or what her job is. Mm-hmm. Oh, she absolutely does. Yeah. What's interesting I think to, about... Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I think about um, starting a new puppy. You know, she needs an understudy. Yeah. Like, an intern. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So... Um, it's interesting to think about this whole idea of like dogs doing jobs uh, mm-hmm. because dogs and people have been living together for about 40,000 years, we think. It's the most widely mm-hmm. accepted number currently. Um, and the nature of the relationship has really been working together. You know, various mm-hmm. job descriptions kind of depending on the breed, breed group uh, as those developed, mm-hmm. um, hunting, herding, protection etc. And then to think about uh, when one thing that I talk about a lot and I'm sure you you will appreciate is with my clients and on the show over the years is how dogs sort of are suffering from an unemployment epidemic in this country. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they they we've got these dogs who we've created to work with us and they have played a huge part in why we are so successful. <laughs> I mean I feel like I have to define successful now as humans, but, um, uh, you know, I don't think that we would be where we are today if it wasn't for the partnership of dogs helping us farm and and hunt and do all of these things, you know, manage livestock, for one example. Mm-hmm. And, um, and people don't, in Seattle anyway... Um, <laughs> And I would say greatly in this in this country, certainly in urban environments, we don't really work with we don't have a need to work with our dogs. It's something that we have to go and do intentionally, whether we go take right. a nose work class or agility or do therapy work or, you know, whatever it might be. But to kind of give our dogs a job to do um, and how much they really need that. Most dogs. Very much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For mental health, for their mental health as well. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think people understand that. No, I tell um, people all the, every, you know, almost daily, explain that your dog needs because when we think of exercise, what do we think of? We think of running, throwing the ball, going for a, a, a long leash walk. Hopefully, the dogs are getting the exercise they need. But there's mm-hmm. this whole other half, which is mental exercise, mm-hmm. different from physical exercise, right? Very much. Mm-hmm. It's and actually, we, we barn hunt. JJ gets oh. to go barn hunting. That's her um, outlet for being, she absolutely loves it, and it gives her a dog job to do outside of the emotional support that we get, that she gives. Yeah. And Work hard, play hard. Yep. <laughs> so, um, gosh, we were just thinking, we just got, um, my wife and I built an urban farm, uh, turned our, our house and land in Seattle into an urban farm last spring mm-hmm. and we have uh, goats, three goats and some chickens now and our um, our uh, n- 
noticing now that um, rodents really like to live near animals that eat grain. <laughs> and are oh, yes, of, they do. And are sort of dealing with, and we live um, uh, sort of surrounded by a lot of green, which we, of course, love, but... Um, we were sort of talking about how we need uh we need to get a you know the the Jack Russell Terrier Club of Puget Sound or something to come over and help us with our rodent problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So what is in barn hunting? Is she is she is she locating uh, a rodent? Is that kind of how? Yeah, that... locating a rat. Okay. Right. I, I was a little skeptical the first time. I'm not a big necessarily rodent fan, but yeah, they are actually in tubes, protected tubes. Yeah. And the dog's job is to locate in a, a maze of straw, locate the tube that has the rat versus the tube that has a dirty rat litter or a, just an, an empty tube. Oh, interesting. But then they have to indicate to you this is the one. Yeah. So some dogs freeze. They don't, it, their indicator is really difficult. But yeah. she gets very excited, yeah. rolls it around, bites the end of it. Uh-huh. This is it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, she's, you know, goldens are, um, you know, they retrieve, they use their noses. Yeah. They're well known for their really good noses, and, mm-hmm. and she fits that bill. So what are some of your favorite stories in in the context of your work with JJ as a therapy dog, you know, a hospice therapy dog, um, that you think of, you know, certain individuals where you just witnessed a really powerful interaction or with their family or, or even with staff members? Um, well, I, I got to do this just last week with two different families. Um, I actually put pictures on on their, on their her Facebook page. She she is known for the, she's a hugging dog. So she will actually sit up in a meerkat pose up on her haunches mm-hmm. and either drape both front feet over someone's arm or onto their shoulders if they're leaning down and actually give them a full hug. That is one of the more touching things that she will do with families because they feel, this dog is hugging me. Mm-hmm. Um, when there are no words to be shared, mm-hmm. uh, she is the one bright light, typically. We have so many people who come come to us and end up dying. Um, she's just that she can be goofy. People get on the floor with her and rub her belly. It can just give them a couple of minutes away from the reality of losing a loved one. Mm. Uh, watching her try to mooch. I mean, she just is, uh, she's not necessarily comical. She can be comical, but she is a relief for people mm. um, in many different ways. And someone just put up last week, you know, this dog got, you know, this dog is our only saving grace this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also, you know, a lot of times people are trying to, even those of us in hospice work, you know, we need to learn to quiet ourselves and just be present but quiet. Sometimes that's hard. It's nice to be able to send the dog in to do her work because sometimes they're just, people have no words. Mm-hmm. They just need some comfort. And, you know, dogs will do that unconditionally. You know, that's um, something that my guests last week when we did the whole show about uh, therapy dogs in a hospice setting and dogs in general and, and sort of end-of-life mm-hmm. conversation and even in, in grief uh, for the family remaining or for individuals who have, have lost a family member or loved one. Um, and they talked about that that 
power of being mm-hmm. and that it's it's not there aren't necessarily any words that need to be spoken um, or that are really going to help anything um, right. but that just being being with and and when you said that for, as you know your awareness of pre- calming you know making sure that you are a calm presence you know while working and and being and slowing down and you know that's something that I talk about a ton in the context of training and behavior is how dogs really help to show us or I would even say remind us <laughs> Mm-hmm. in this fast-paced crazy world um to slow down and and breathe and just be present and, and focus on just one thing and and to connect mm-hmm. i think that connection aspect of it and that there's nothing necessarily to do to connect it's really about about being and being present and how dogs are really just masters at that Mm-hmm. She makes a huge impact. You know, people don't necessarily remember my name. They know her name. Yeah. Sometimes they don't even know. They may not even know that she is with me. Um, it may not be one of my patients. Uh, but she'll, you know, once I've given her permission everywhere to go, um, you know, she's going in and out of rooms, checking in on people. And she, you know, so so people will come back for bereavement groups and mm-hmm. look for the dog. Yeah. Um, they will, uh, you know, specifically come in hoping to be able to see her or just come back for a visit, even though it's hard to come back into the building that our loved one died. Mm-hmm. Um, he can be that much of a draw. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, the, the thing I'm always reminding people is um, to watch her. So we'll do something called a walkout um, when someone has died and we walk out. We have a, our staff one in the hall, and, and we ask for the person out with a special quilt on them, uh, whether they're veteran or non-veteran. And JJ, since she was a baby, taught herself, I had nothing to do with this. She'll wait outside the door while we're getting ready, and she'll walk along the gurney mm. next to you know that person and walk out um, to the van. Mm. Uh, which is one of even some of our staff, even four years later, it just chokes them up a little bit. I'm yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm it, getting there right now. <laughs> it's 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 pretty amazing to yeah. watch. Um, and and there's just something about what's interesting is then to watch that intense scene play out, and she walks back in the building, shakes, gives herself a really good shake. Mm-hmm. And goes and gets a drink of water, or goes and grabs one of her toys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I really think we could learn a lot from dogs. I'm always reminding myself. Yep, you've got to learn to just shake it off a little bit, mm-hmm. regroup, yeah, and on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, they live in the moment, and uh, we could we could learn a lot from that. Yeah, and I'm also I've been um, blessed because of that video being shared and just having so many people um, who follow her. What's amazing is the amount of end of life information, just talking with people openly because of the dog. Mm-hmm. Her Facebook page is actually more based um, out of her voice, and I can get away with <laughs> with things 
that I probably couldn't get get away with it was just my page, mm-hmm. trying to get people to talk about end of life issues. Uh, it, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, it's certainly something that I I really uh, value bringing, and I'm really grateful um, for the opportunity to have conversations around end of life topics. Um, I think it's something that we're not really taught how to talk about, how to feel, how to get through the you know get through grief because it's tough, and uh, it's just been wonderful to talk with you. I feel like we could talk for hours, but <laughs> we do have to go. Yes, I <laughs> um, appreciate that. And uh, so you can find JJ on Facebook. It's JJ, Hospice Therapy Dog. And I will repost that video and then, of course, post this interview as well. And uh, thank you so much, Tracy, for the work that you both do and how you help us as humans heal. Uh, I think we really need to focus on that um, these days. And I really appreciate your time with us today. We will be back next week, Wednesday at 2 p.m. Thanks for listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes. You've been listening to The Dog Show with Julie Forbes, Wednesday afternoons at 2 on Alternative Talk, 1150 a.m. Never miss another episode. Listen to our podcast online at dogradioshow.com or download them for free on iTunes or SoundCloud.